0: Are we recording, Sarah? Wait,
1: I, I mean, I'm ready to roll when you guys are. Yes, we're we're ready.
0: So we got it. So by the way, so Patrick, we've fallen into this pattern like an old married couple.
1: Yeah, I. This is what I hear. Yeah,
0: he calls me every morning on his commute.
2: In. Well, we are like an old married couple because we don't have sex. So we're
1: <laughs> <good>. <laughs> come on, you,
0: said you can share that detail. <laughs> so we're on the phone for like 35 minutes every morning, and my wife says to me. My actual wife. You talk to Patrick more than I do. I, you talk to me. I'm really upset about that. And I said, "Well, look, he's more interesting than you know." I'm. Oh. <laughs> wow, Joe. But um, we do. So anyway, he stops and he gets coffee in the morning, right? He gets a regular, extra large venti and an ice. And the best thing is, it's sugar-free vanilla almond milk, and then extra half and half.
1: Not
2: extra, just half. And half.
1: What? I listen to what? Her. We're half and half. What the hell is that? Okay, wait, Patrick. Why is there this mix? Wait, do you enjoy the flavor? How did you come to half and half and almond milk mixed together? So you know,
2: this is unfortunately the new norm. So you try to get a you know your routine going again. So I always worked out in the morning pre virus, and uh, so I would stop and get a hot coffee when I, my workout was over. Go shower, and then. At the same time, I picked up the hot coffee, I'd pick up a large venti ice for later in the day. Okay. So I'm trying to keep that going. So, but now the only Starbucks that's open is a drive thru. So I work out this morning, I go, and sometimes when I'm in the line, I call Joe and he hears me order. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but it's, um, yeah. So I get a hot, venti hot drink that on the way in. It used to take me the entire. It would be gone by the time I get in with traffic. Now there's no traffic, so yeah, gone. So I find myself starting to drink the iced coffee even before I get to the station. The iced coffee used to last me most of the day. Now it's like by 10 a.m. it's gone. Now I, I gotta leave something the best else
0: out: out this sugar-free vanilla <laughs> almond milk, and then extra half and half. Not, again, just not extra, just, just half a dab half. of coffee. I like the half and half taste a little. That's, so then why get the other stuff? Why pretend, right? That's like going to McDonald's and ordering a Big Mac, an extra large fry, a little bit of Coke Zero, and Coke,
2: please. I mean, come on. Sarah, can you educate him on coffee? Sugar-free vanilla has, A, no sugar. Well, I, Almond milk is good. I,
1: I have can't, a little, little half and half, a little extra, <laughs> extra. <laughs> I can't even help you out because I actually drink my coffee black. I don't even have anything in it. Wow. Yeah. Hardcore. So no sugar, no half and half, no milk, so, no coconut so Sarah, milk. Sarah,
2: you, you would be a very good candidate for uh, uh, intermittent fasting.
1: Uh, actually, you know, I think I might enjoy it because I have a very – now, not always, but I only eat three meals a day now. I, I hate snacking. So no snacking. Three meals a day only. Um, but, you know, my problem is I do like wine. So – you know By the then way, you-
2: who who doesn't like snacking?
1: Right? I actually don't enjoy snacking because don't you feel like you're never really full, and then when you get to your meal, you can't really enjoy the meal because you've been snacking. You know, never. you're always like halfway there. <laughs> I never have any of those. <laughs> okay.
2: By the way, I'm
0: actually <laughs> I've I- done intermittent fasting now for like <laughs> i am down ten pounds. It's it works. I don't eat, I don't eat until afternoon every day before the. Before we were working from home, I had stopped eating dinner because there were only three of us at home, and our schedules were so crazy, we never really sat down. Right. Now that I have a full house, the the meal at the end of the day has become the big social event because my three girls rotate making a meal, and so I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat until noon, and then at noon, I have my normal breakfast, which is usually combination
2: of theories i'm calling fake no i'm gonna call fake news on that oh here we go
1: okay here we go you can ask my actual wife
2: you're down 10 pounds during the pandemic i find that hard to believe and and that's it's even more impressive given all the booze i've
0: been drinking so that's a real (laughs) win by the way your station tweeted that drinking excessive alcohol lowers your immune system so now i have a problem because i saw that before we Jumped on for the pods. So well, I
2: we- I must have zero immune system because I'm injecting a <laughs> I lot.
1: I bet you have, Patrick. Oh my right? god, so much oh. stress. Um, well, guys, we have like we have tons to talk about. Obviously, we want an update on you personally, Patrick, but we can uh, we can get into some political things if you want first. I mean, Joe, I actually have to say that for the first time, I think I disagree with you. Uh, About. I think we should have gone to martial law weeks ago. I think you were totally wrong. It's such a shit show. Now we don't know the timeline of what Trump knew. I'm sure you guys, did you guys watch that insane press conference last night where he rolled out his campaign video? Yeah. That was crazy. Um,
0: so you can't go to martial
1: law. Okay, wait, na- Discipio. wait, I have one more thing to say to you. Is also, guess what? We should have done that because now Google, Apple, we're going to allow the government. Your big argument was, okay. we do martial law. Then the government begins to take care of, you know, take our rights away. Well, guess what? Now they're going to have a app where they track us. They tell us our temperature. They tell us if somebody we've been in contact with, we're going to lose more rights.
0: It's not the government and you can opt into it. Right. And I
1: do you believe that you believe that?
0: I don't believe anything. Well, Patrick doesn't believe anything. That actually does look like scotch. I don't believe it's water. (laughs) (laughs) That's the color.
1: No, you
2: can't.
0: You have to be very, look, even all of the stay-at-home orders are not mandatory. They're voluntary, right? So with the exception of, you know, parties of more than 10, they're breaking those up. But look, if you go outside, there are people still moving around. The groceries, I mean, it's so, I don't, I'm, look should we have done a lot more and we can talk about that without a doubt and there is no doubt about the timeline of when this administration knew and when they knew there's no disagreement over that so we can certainly talk about lost weeks and or months there's no doubt about that either but what sarah marshall law what would you do nobody leaves the home
1: nobody should leave the home hey look Joe. how do you eat the food what do you do Uh, Okay. well, you get you have to give people notice clearly, but you still had churches this past Sunday defiant getting together with congregations of 300. You still have people like Dax Prescott. You have individuals, you know, are gathering with 10 or more people. No, find them. Find them. Arrest them. Whatever you have to do. It's It's
0: crazy. That'll that'll help. They're letting right. people out of prison. <laughs> this is the longest we've gone without you saying
2: something ever. I'm just listening to you two uh, knuckleheads talk about all of this. Joe, stuff. if you know we would have I
1: mean? done that, we're going to be in this now 18 months. 18 months. If we'd all, if they'd given everybody one week, load up on food, you know, well, even two it, weeks. If they'd given two weeks notice,
2: food, you can't even still get toilet paper. What are you talking about? At least you can get food. Here's the thing: most Americans are selfish. Okay. Most Americans, when they said stay home, self-distance, they poo-pooed it. They laughed at it. They joked at it. We saw the churches, like you said, Sarah. We saw parties. We saw people going to bars. No one took this seriously. I myself, to be honest, probably the weekend before the weekend before St. Paddy's Day, so it was that the 5th, 6th, 7th of March. Okay. Is, is when I personally realized, okay, this is serious. So I didn't go out to St. Paddy's Day or any of that stuff. But there was no stay-at-home order in Maryland until, I believe it was the 23rd or 24th of March.
1: Yeah, two weeks ago.
2: And listen, Joe and I are in agreement on Trump. And, and how his pressers, and his narcissism, and his, his idiotic tweets, and hitting the press, and he went after Chris Wallace this weekend. Uh, you know, enough of that. In addition to that, though, a guy like Cuomo, who's getting all this praise, he was late to the game, way late. Chris Cuomo, I believe, the day before St. Paddy's Day was saying, go out, go to the parade, go to this, go to that. Same as de Blasio. The Florida governors should be completely removed from office immediately. The Georgia governor should be removed. But then you have the opposite, where in Michigan, she's not even let people plant flowers in their own home. So, like, where's the medium on this thing, and how do we get out of it? That's the, that's the question. Wait, no. the total control. He's in total charge. Didn't we
0: hear that yesterday? Yeah. Which by the way, Sarah, to your initial question, I don't watch those anymore. Cause I can't, they drive me crazy. I can't take
1: them. Uh, you sound like my husband. He refuses to watch. He yells at the television. He gets so upset. <laughs> I,
0: well, I'm, so... <laughs> I'm stressed out enough as it is. And I can't, I look, here's the real problem. And Patrick's right. We're in agreement. Here's what you need. You need actual leadership from the top. And we don't have it what, to your point. What is the plan? How do we reopen? What are we going to do? What are the tests? And you do have to balance the economics. I am terrified that we are going to end up in not a great recession, but a depression era, unemployment, the need for soup. I'm terrified. If you walk around at all, and we live just inside the Beltway, and my wife and I try to get out and go for a walk once a day for an hour or more, and there's an office park not far from where we live, and it's a ghost town. There's a huge Marriott there and it's empty. What happens to all those people? I'm, I, so what's the plan for reopening? We have to start somehow. Graduated, I, I mean, you know, last night, uh, the, the president of France, Macron, started their close for four more weeks and then he laid out a plan for how they're gonna gradually reopen. What are they gonna do? Well, what's our plan, right? The governors in the Northeast have started working together and devising a plan. Patrick sent me an editorial from the Wall Street Journal this morning that said that the governors and Trump can work together. Yes, of course they can and they should. But where is the leadership? Stop fighting. Stop attacking the press. Stop. He it was. It's totally not his fault or he's in control. Which is it? Just lead. Get out there and lead. Present a plan. That's so, what I want.
2: Yeah, and Joe, I, I always go back to like my old, like, I think multiple things that you just said are true. I don't blame Trump. By no means do I blame Trump or this administration for the situation we're in. How oh, did, they did nothing uh, for I, eight Joe, weeks. How can you Joe, not they Joe. didn't plan? He did not. Joe, it. Joe, Liz, Joe, Joe. How
0: can you not blame him?
2: What did they do right? Don't roll your eyes. Come on. What did I'm, he do right? Tell you, I listen to me. You're talking to someone who lost a father in this thing. I, I don't blame this administration, okay, I, at all. And that I wouldn't blame. The timeline, you had the World Health Organization saying in January, there was no human-to-human contact. Who well, cares what the on. World Health Organization says? What, what do you mean, who cares? What, what difference does wait, it make? Wait, we had the information. We didn't do anything. Okay. I mean, you can't Listen, we We, we, could, we could debate. Early on, it was about, oh, I got to get tested, got to get tested. No one was going to get tested. No one cared. People were partying until middle of March. People had spring break. Hundreds of thousands of people. Why? Wait, no one listened. Why did nobody
0: no. care? Because no
2: one the administration listened. was saying it'll go away. Fifteen cases will happen. Okay, maybe that's what they thought then, but I don't blame them for that. Come China on. was giving misinformation. The World Health Organization was wrong. Even Fauci, until late February, was saying it's not a big worry at this time. No, don't-, don't shake your head. That's fact. <laughs> it's not fact. I mean- the first case was
0: January third. Trump in, did the China ban at the end of January, which is about the only thing that he did right. Okay, he yeah. got an entire lost okay. month of February. And by the way,
2: I am not defending Trump in this. What I'm saying is, I don't blame him. Having said that, his leadership during this has been so volatile, so up and down, so roller coaster, so lack of clarity. It it, it has created this this indecision where thank god for some of these governors like hogan like i'll give you know i listen i'm not sure how much credit i give or don't give cuomo he's still going to reside on a state that has by far over 55 60 percent of all deaths in this country okay and i think he was late he sounds like a great orator sitting at his little conference table with all his charts I'm not sure we should give Cuomo all the credit in the world. I think Hogan has done a much better. No, job. Hogan's been great, but
0: this happens much earlier now than it usually does. But welcome home, Patrick. I'm glad you agree with me as usual. You came around much earlier today, <laughs> but you and I, I agree. I, that
2: I, I look know, at all you aspects. Have- you're, you're like one-minded. You're like a simpleton. But just, I mean,
1: like- don't you think with Cuomo though? I mean, he's dealing with a much denser populated city oh, than Hogan. I mean,
2: that's, oh, that's, that's
0: fair. Actually the that's very fair. fair point, right? You knew it was going to be much more yeah. city because of the density of the population. But Patrick, you and I agree on the basic point: we need consistent leadership,
2: and we're not getting it. We and need by the way, his Trump's council to reopen is a joke. They released that last night. It's Ivanka and Jared. Munchin, Mark Meadows, uh, I can't remember who else is. It's like six old white guys and Avon, Like that's that's your council to reopen America? How about so, and I'm again. I'm not saying diversity for diversity's sake because I don't think that's right either. But where are the? There's got to be some smarter
1: experts, yeah, people that plan these things. That yeah. And by the way,
2: I think your council to reopen America should have one medical person on it, right? Yeah, I, I would think. So it's like it's it's like all in the family that that's who's reopening the, the government. Like, come on.
1: No, it's scary.
2: It's scary. And then, by the way, you know, then then you got these people on Twitter, and some work for another cable news outlet, which I won't mention, but thinking it's some sort of conspiracy theory that they shut down the government. And like, stop. People were dying. Yeah, it may not be the hundred to 200,000 that they thought, based on modeling. Okay, thank God the modeling was wrong. Like, are you rooting for the modeling to have been right? And at what point do you say, is 30,000 too many, 50,000 too many? Listen, I think up to this point, we've done the right thing. I do agree with Joe you got to start coming up with a plan to reopen how that, what that looks like. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I also think, you know, comparing us to France, come on. Oh, I'm not like, comparing.
0: I said, they'd have a plan. That was my no, plan. We'll, Yeah. We'll, we'll see. It wasn't
2: a comparison.
0: I said he announced a plan for more weeks in a gradual reopening. I'm not, and by the way, to be clear, I don't know what to do, right? This is, I have no idea. You go crazy reading different things, but but I will now stop the tape, mark it. I will agree with Patrick on, on this point. You cannot argue that because the deaths that were lower than, than were previously predicted, it was all wrong, no, right? I agree. You can't make that argument. And Fauci said at the beginning of this, and even most recently, if everybody is complaining that we overreacted, then we did right. And I don't know how you can argue now that we're near 25,000 deaths that we overreacted because you could see how much worse yeah. it could be. And look, you could see actually in South Dakota, they have a horrible outbreak because they didn't do stay at home and they're one of the hot spots
2: in the country, right? Yeah. So we know. I think yeah, we know what
1: works. We know what
2: works. Well, here's the thing that I don't understand. And I look at a state like California, which by the way is larger than most countries, mm-hmm. okay? They have 637 deaths as of this morning, which. That doesn't sound like a big number. Now, to those individual families, absolutely devastating. But how does a state the size of California only have 600 deaths? So you think so, they're undercounting? No, no, no. I'm saying what did they do right or why is it – is it is it because of the weather? Is it the fact that there's no public – so I look at the states that are getting crushed. It's public transportation states. California has very little public transportation. You think okay? it's
1: that, or do you think it's? It's. I feel like scientists are now saying uh, like there's kind of this corona strand coming from Europe. There was one well, from I, Asia.
2: I, guess, I think it's a lot of things, but I do believe the public transportation city like New York, the Metro here in DC. You know, Mayor Bowser came out the other day and said, based on their modeling, the peak's not going to be the middle of or late May, maybe even into June. I, wow. To me, there's something about the public transportation aspect of this. I think Florida, you look at Florida, they had spring break, and yet their numbers are still relatively low. A, because I think they have an older population, and they heeded the warning early in State Hall. Two, Florida has zero public transportation. Where Georgia, Atlanta, has a heavy public transportation, they're seeing high numbers.
0: Wait, Louisiana, you don't have big public transportation,
2: right? That's true. That's
1: a hot spot. Detroit Detroit doesn't really have a big... Yeah, they do.
2: Transit. I'm not saying that's the only answer. I'm just saying, you know, people are saying, "Well, why?" I think to your point, the density of population in New York and the public transportation in Manhattan created just a no-win situation for, 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 for New
1: York. Look, I mean, from what it seems on piecing together, obviously we're all washing our hands. Yes, you know, there's a chance coronavirus could be on packages. But it, the reality is, is it just seems like the closeness of people. You know, if you are with, in a room, you know, with somebody that has it, that's like, yeah. and there's, and you now, know, 10 other people. Again, that's an interesting discussion, Patrick. my point
2: about the wide, uh, World Health Organization. Again, I'm not blaming them only but you cannot be the world health organization and in late january say there's no human to human transmission that is just irresponsible. why do we have these organizations why do we have the united nations like get rid of them all they're useless totally utterly useless they're a political body that is being pulled in so many different directions by china and other countries right enough
1: You might have, Uh, I don't know enough. What do you, what's your thoughts on that, Joe? I don't know enough about who to.
0: I would say you need the organizations if they can function properly. Right. And you need somebody to track across country boundaries. They can work. They have worked in the past. Who did not do an admirable job this time around is true, but um, you need, and they did declare they were a little late to the game, but Look, we need you. You can't pretend we live in the dark ages where the borders matter. They don't. There's too much internet. You know, there, we're really a borderless society now, yeah. which explains yeah. why the pandemic traveled around the world so quickly. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Um, look, it's. I don't want to veer off into two. I've, I've made the mistake of started reading uh, this book uh, called the. Um, the Jungle Grows Back by uh, Robert Kagan, which talks about we're so used to the liberal world post World War II, peace, prosperity, democracies everywhere, right? So we think that's the natural order of things, and it's not, right? Up until World War II, we had been really good at killing each other all the time and uh, looking inward. So, uh, so this is this is why you need effective cross-border discussion. And you don't want to go backwards. And I'm, and I'm, Sarah, you started giving me a hard time about martial law, but this is kind of an excuse to go backwards. And you don't want to go backwards. You want a functioning democracy. Democracies are not the natural world order, it's authoritarianism. Right, right. So I just.
1: Wait, but how do you go forward then? You know, what's the theory from this book? Like, but how do you go th- forward finished, yet yeah, guard your borders?
0: It's, I haven't finished. I mean, but we. But part of it is, is we can't look inward like America first, right? We were America first in the 20s, which brought us into World War II. And I haven't finished the book yet because I'm like, I'm already depressed. What am I doing? So I put it down. Sarah, he's
2: on page 12.
0: But, hold
1: on. I'm already true. depressed, I'm he says.
0: Four. I'm on page 21. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. I thought we were like halfway through this book. We'd heard the theories. Okay. Sorry, he, he read the cliff notes. That's yep. about it. Okay. This is the foreword. All right. That's but let, not. Good. But
0: sorry, no, my point is, is, that you you have to have effective international organizations. I don't know how you keep politics out of them. Right? Okay. I don't know.
2: Uh, oh, good good segue. Let's segue to politics, though, because Patrick, wait, we weren't talking politics. Well, we're talking pandemic and leadership, and yes.
1: Hey guys, I mean, big news. We did not think that we would see Bernie Sanders now endorsing Biden. What
2: are your I'm not thoughts? Sure, I'm not sure that's a good thing for Biden, but okay.
0: No, it is. I think the bigger problem with Bernie is he's got to shut the hell up. Patrick and I talked about it on one of our our uh, couple phone calls in the other day. Right? and <laughs> is now starting to move further to the left. He's got to stop that. You, I, you can't, you can't move further to the left. He's got to stay in the center. The further he moves to the left, I think the worse it is. And uh, you know the Bernie brothers need to shut up. Sorry, stop.
2: Just yeah. stop. And I, you know, I have people telling me, "Oh, I'll come back to the center." Um, I agree with Joe. We're we're agreeing way too much, Joe, on this podcast.
1: You guys I'm always do. You I'm always. I'm on
2: fire. Do. I'm, I don't care how how much you think Trump has handled this situation—good, bad, ugly, poorly, whatever. If Biden goes left with universal health care, some sort of more open borders paying everyone's college debt he loses the election it's to me what this pandemic has done from a political perspective it is now biden's election to lose agree prior to this i honestly i would have given trump a 90 percent chance of winning the election based on where the economy was right everything was rolling biden was not a good candidate He's still not a good candidate, Biden. True, true. But it's Biden's to lose. And if he goes left, he will give it away. Because in the end, even the the Democratic Party clearly chose Biden over Bernie's. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly. Even more so than, even to, to the tune of much more than they chose Hillary over Bernie four years ago. Yeah. Well, so, there's no way Bernie
0: was winning no matter what, right? Although I kind of disagree with you that I think Biden probably, unless there is a miraculous turnaround in both health and the economy by the election, my guess is Biden pretty much wins no matter what, I think, even if he goes to the left. But you know what a different, Sarah, sorry to steal your your, uh, your mic for a second.
1: You know, go for it. Don't you?
0: I wouldn't you put up somebody else beside Biden if you could? Is it too late? Like, if you look at some of the clips of Biden, he's he can't form a complete sentence. He's terrifying in a different direction, right? The hope with Biden is you vote for him and you hope he puts enough quality people around him that you're giving him the benefit of the doubt that he'll surround
2: himself with. So to me, you're not voting for Biden, you're voting against Trump, number one. Number two, you're right. You're hoping that he has a better... Council to reopen America than, than Trump would. The pandemic has helped Biden on a few fronts. Once, it's, I think when we come out of this, Trump's approval ratings, although you're seeing Trump's approval ratings all over the place right now, I think they settle below where he was going into this. Because I think the economy is gonna take a much longer time to recover. I think you're gonna hit 10, 12, 50% unemployment, unfortunately. It also has kept Biden off stages and uh, away from rallies where he, to Joe's point, would be completely exposed.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: I also think that's why he's advocating for a convention, a virtual convention. I think he knows his limitations right now. And basically they're just trying to get to the election, keeping him not exposed to what, what potentially could be a very, you know, unfortunately, uh, health issues, which which seems apparent. And I think they're going to try to, like, you know, kind of hide him and, and get to November, and, and hopefully he gets elected.
1: Who do you think is going to be his VP, guys? So they say, you know, he says he's going to have a woman. Do you think Amy Klobuchar, your girl, Patrick, is, uh, is going to get it for the VP?
2: I, I don't. I think it's either going to be the governor of M- Michigan...
1: Oh, okay. Yes, that woman from uh, Michigan. Okay,
2: Whitmer. 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 Whitmer yes. Or, or uh, Kamala. Really, uh, Kamala. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You think, who do you
1: think helps him? Who do you think helps him more? You think people like Kamala over uh, Whitmer? Uh, I'm probably saying it wrong. Although before. I tell you, Whitmer,
2: Whitmer. Whitmer. Whitmer's handling in the last week has upset a lot of Michigan Michiganders which she's gotten basically almost martial law type. Right. Can't plant flowers, can't go to gardens, can't do. Uh, she's got a lot of negative press in the last week from her own state, which might not help her. So look, I listen,
0: so the answer is too early to tell in all honesty, right? You got, I don't know who helps him more. I think that his vice presidential pick matters a lot because Many people will probably figure out he's not going to last eight years. Um, so his pick, and you don't want to do what McCain did, where his vice presidential pick of Sarah Palin oh. really, really hurt him, right? Yeah. So at, at the at the least, Biden's got
2: to you know, do
0: no harm to himself with his
2: pick. See, this is why, though, and again, this has nothing to do with Wanting a female on the ticket, not on the ticket.
1: Here we go. Okay, yes, go on. No,
2: this is why. If you're the vice, if you're the presidential candidate, you don't come out and say I'm going to put a female on the ticket this this early. There was no benefit to that. He already had the nomination. He didn't need to do it because you know what? Frankly, right now, Cuomo they win the election by a landslide.
1: Oh, damn, that's actually good. Okay, actually, Biden
2: Cuomo. That's good. Win. They might win. 37 states. Okay? So yeah, you want a female and absolutely, right? However, right oh. now, if you want to win the election, Cuomo's your best VP pick.
1: Oh my god. Okay, you know what? You did get me on that. Decipio, what what Joe, what do you think? Do you No, I
0: look I agree
1: with him. This is oh, why I, that's I, good, Patrick.
0: Too, I this is why I said if you could with the Dems, could it's too bad you, they couldn't, you know, use uh, some sort of convention fiat fiat and put up Cuomo. Oh,
1: yeah, I know. A lot of people are saying that for the, well, the candidate. But- that,
0: I mean, this is this is sort of my point, and Patrick's absolutely right about it. And I really would like to see a woman vice vice president. It's far past time for that. Or a president. Well, yeah, well, because, look, I sort of think if, if uh, I don't know that Biden, I think it's, if he has a, a a woman vice president, it's more likely than not that she then becomes president. Yeah.
2: So and that's why to me, Sarah, to your first question, I think he has to as much as I think the Michigan governor could help him. I think you have to go Klobuchar. I love her. And you have to go Kamala Kamala. I keep saying Kamala because they've been vetted. They've been vetted. I mean, Kamala has been vetted on multiple state elections. That's true. She ran for president. She won. You know, Obviously, she won the state Senate attorney general and Char has been bended. What Biden cannot afford is you pick a Whitmer and then somehow she turns out to be a Sarah Palin. Yeah, I know. And I'm not saying that she is, I'm just saying there's something you don't know. Because winning winning the governorship is completely different than running for president or vice president.
0: Oh, that's right, look, and that's essentially the point I just made, right? He can't, he cannot do no harm, right? He has to make sure, I'm sorry, he has to make sure he does no harm, so he's gotta be very careful. Although Whitmer's been around a long time, but you, yeah, you she has. Have. I mean,
2: she's a new governor, but she's been in Congress, but, state politics for a long time. You but have- still, you're not—you're not vetted the same. You're not.
0: Oh, I right, look. Well,
2: so I mean, we didn't know about blackface on the on the governor of Virginia. I guarantee, if he was running for president, you would have. No, I, I'm just
1: saying. Yeah, like you- that's
0: true. Probably. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but I, you know, I was just thinking while we're talking. Can you? Can, none of us can imagine the situation we're currently in. Right. None oh. of us, you know, we I try to talk every day with, you know, around the dinner table, which I will admit has been a nice thing. And I told my girls last night how proud I am of them. They've been they they're getting along. They're going the extra effort not to fight. They're going out in the neighborhood and, and interacting at a socially distant level with, you know, all the kids in the neighborhood. They delivered some Easter eggs to different houses on Easter, you know, with their parents permission Uh, and, um, that's been a a really nice touch, but we also talk about what's coming up. How are you feeling? When does this end? Right. And I've, I never have, I don't know how to answer those questions. I'm at a loss. So recently my two oldest daughters, they're not sleeping at night. They can't sleep.
1: Mm. I don't know what to tell them.
0: I'm not sleeping either.
1: What's their anxiety, Joe, just the, the whole thing or that they'll, the new norm won't be what it was.
0: The new norm, and it's the future, right? So what does the future hold? So my oldest daughter is a junior in college, had a great summer internship lined up in Mm -hmm. Providence. That internship was canceled about a week ago, and then the woman who hired her was then laid off. So she sent out the cancellation notices and then was laid off. My middle daughter, who's a sophomore in college, was in France two weeks ago on an internship, and all that is lost. And now they start worrying, well, when am I going to find a job? Yeah. And I was talking to somebody else yesterday who wasn't sure that colleges are going to allow students to come back in the fall.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Because of the liability,
2: right? Okay. So, so you- my, you know, I mean, Joe knows this. And sorry, you know, my son lost his entire last six, seven weeks of college. Mm. So no commencement. No. Okay, fine. On top of that, he was having uh, multiple interviews scheduled for his spring break. I mean, I think... the tune of eight interviews all canceled some still took place on the phone but the uncertainty of your own businesses that he's interviewing with they're not hiring right now so that has slowed he's actually been you know so what do you start doing so now you're starting to think okay maybe i go back to grad school or yeah there was a great article this morning about uh how one of the things we haven't talked about is how this has affected the kids of all ages. Right? Not just college kids who are looking for jobs, but Yeah,
1: your 12-year-old, your 8-year-old. Kids, have, year kid, old, eight year kids old. have
2: lost they've lost spring sports, they've lost their activities, they've lost their music lessons. They've lost school itself. They you, you know, eh, they're stuck in the house. Uh, I don't think there's been enough conversation about the impact that this could have and has had on kids. Uh, just from a mental standpoint and just from an anxiety standpoint, for sure. Yeah, for that's... Sure. that's...
0: We're such a depressing podcast. But this I know. Is, right? But this, is, <laughs> but this is... It's the reality of it. And if it goes away sooner rather than later, the, the long-lasting damage is probably small. But if it continues on or if there's a second wave, you know, and, and listen, let me be clear and I, I don't pretend to speak for Patrick at all, but we're very fortunate. We work for a company that has been so generous with his, its employees and has done so well and was really out in front of it with yeah. just stay at home and they're taking such great care of their employees. Uh, and, you know, it's been really impressive and we're extremely fortunate, right? And my wife is a school teacher. Her job exists. She's teaching... You know, so we're very fortunate, but boy, I just... I
1: I know. know. But, you know, couples that both of them work in the service industry or, um, you know, lots of industries getting so hammered. So it is scary uh, because obviously we know, and, and, you know, this has been around for years, but most people don't have three months of savings. So we know that you know and i think i'm sure you guys have seen all the images it's shocking to see how many cars lined up for food assistance you know it's mind-blowing because you think we have so much in this country and of course we live in the dc area where people are so wealthy you know you're like god they have so much and then when you see these uh, insane car lines it's like you can't you know it's shocking
0: no there's you listen we just don't we forget how fortunate we are and you don't realize how many people actually live paycheck to paycheck. Right. And this is sort of what I was, this was not sort of, this is what I was talking about earlier. I worry about all those people that so much rely on us going out and spending our money. And we're not. Yeah. And that's, I, I just think the damage is going to be much worse than, and it, it scares me to death. It really does. I'm
2: really worried about that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing from a personal standpoint, obviously with my father, I, I don't know if I fully, I certainly haven't grieved yet. And I don't think I, like, I think when you know we're out of this, whenever that is, and I get to go up and see my mother and you're going to go through that whole process again, and you're going to look back on this period of time and realize I mean, it's been crazy. We are fortunate from an employment standpoint and family and so forth, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, this this pandemic cost people a lot of loss. Yeah, uh, lives, friends, uh, jobs, financial stability, kids. You no, know, kids may not be able to go to college next year because they can't afford it. Or the, so I, I just you know I think the depth of the the impact. Hasn't been fully understood yet. I really, I really don't. No, that's right. I mean,
0: and the, listen, the amount of loss and the inability for families to be with their loved ones. Uh, I, you know, I try to ask Patrick every day, "How's he doing?" Right? Yeah. Not of because you, I couldn't imagine not being with a loved one when they're when they're dying. Right? I couldn't I imagine. Um, you know, and even I was talking to my mom on Sunday and she actually broke down in tears because it was Easter. And she said, you know, for the last two Easter's you've been here, we've had, a, you know, a house full of 20 people And Easter for her is very much about gathering the family. And, and she's like, I just, I, I want to get through Easter because then I won't mourn the loss of that. Right. And that's a small thing compared to Patrick losing his father. And I just, that's going to, I don't know
2: how you, I just, I yeah, So t- today, 21 days today, my mother's alone in the house. Oh, So 21 <laughs> days today, my father entered the hospital and then, uh, so she's been alone, you know, for eight days prior to him dying. And then since the good news is according to the doctor, she's about five days away. She's been five, six days now, seven days symptom free, which is, just unbelievable great and uh, so you're looking at probably this weekend she'll be considered recovered yeah and then okay then what does that mean like joe and i were talking this morning can i go up well this the governor says no from maryland can i self-distance what you know what can, what can i do i mean at least it allows her to self-distance than with other people my sister could go there and other people from New Jersey, for sure. But I'm still not sure what the right protocol is and when I could go up, even if she's recovered. You know, some people are saying, well, you, know, you just got to go. And I'm like, well, okay, but is that selfish of you? you know, I stop at a gas station. I stop to get you know at a 7-Eleven or go to the bathroom in New Jersey or on the way what if i pick it up give it back to somebody a family member come back here and give it yeah, to somebody yeah it's a
1: hard decision it's really tough patrick it is really tough yeah
2: you know, so i you know you're going through all that stuff too like you want to get there but at the same time you you want to be smart about it and you don't want to be selfish you've gone this long yeah trying yeah. to stay healthy you know don't so it's all that stuff too so let let's uh it's been a very depressing uh, podcast. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> so like, well, no, so but it's, it's what, how what it feels. What, what have been some? Let's talk about some positives. Okay. So I'll I'll give you two from my step. and to, to Joe. Joe already said one. You've spent a lot of quality time with your family, your your close family. That otherwise, to be candid, with all the activities and and distancing where like your kids at college, your other one's working, you're barely communicating. It's text. You know, we've spent a lot of time, you know, the board games and the dinners. And so, so clearly that traffic is unbelievable. Cause I still have to come in.
1: I know it's amazing. There's no traffic.
2: There's, like there's zero traffic and this is going to sound self-serving, but I would say local broadcasters have Tremendous. been amazing. through this. Tremendous. And Trem- you yeah. know, I, I can't, just every station, every every person who's working in this business on the local broadcasting side has had to adapt, adjust what we're trying to do for the community. Um, you could just, you know, the NAB, National Association of Broadcasters, and others have always said, oh, local broadcasters in the time of need. And you forget it in between the times of need. But when you have major catastrophes and tragedies. And certainly this, this is unprecedented. They've really stepped up to, to, to continue to broadcast, to continue to educate, help, you know, trying to find ways to raise money, yeah. feature, feature, you know, uh, individuals and healthcare workers and civil servants who are doing a magnificent job. And then just trying to highlight some of the food places and other, uh, struggling businesses to, you know, that, that are still trying to, trying to make it. So uh, those are my three things.
0: Look, I completely agree. And, you know, Patrick, uh, he's done tremendous amount of work. His station's done. Yeah. It, it's amazing. The leadership that our GMs and other stations, GMs have shown, uh, and the ability to adapt quickly has been spectacular. And I highly commend to anybody who can, the, uh, promos that, the station here runs are spectacular yeah stay at home stay ahead they're so good and they've done such a great job and you know look think about it these are the folks that are going out there that are among many others right our grocery workers others who have who have done great work but it's impressive so um, so Sarah let me how are you Patrick and I are whining about ourselves uh, no, I, I
1: no I'm great you guys look I have no complaints things are good you know um, I'm always working on the hate H podcast there's always like shit going on so um you know i I lots of stuff um my long time you know the the guy that I worked with for years Kane uh that was big you know big news in DC um so I, I actually don't know really what happened but I obviously had to address that yesterday on the podcast so that was that was a good moment that Wait, was a bit of a distraction for people who don't know what happened well so you know the Kane show as you two know um and actually I mean it's the reason I got hired at Sarah, what happened what
2: sorry, you didn't gone? hear this
1: no! What? Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. I've been dealing with this all weekend. Everybody and their mama all right, come wants on. It. Give me the scoop. Okay. So, you know, obviously, that's how I even got hired with Fox 5. Longtime uh, morning show guy in D.C., the Kane Show on Hot 99.5. And when I was on, we were syndicated in six other markets, Cincinnati and Louisville, Kentucky and Tampa Bay and Sirius XM. Anyhow, so that's how I got, like, all my following. And people, listen, something happened on Friday. He was removed from... Uh, the morning show on Good Friday by iHeartRadio. And they put out an all access article just saying that he'll remain within the company, but he's no longer on the Kane show. He's no longer on club Kane. Um, So it was big news. And of course I worked with him for six years. So, you know, everybody wanted all the tea and what do I know, but I haven't spoken to anybody there in years. So I don't know much beyond what came out.
2: So, is it, is it business related or was it, you think something he
1: did or what? Well, I, you know, my guess is it's probably a combination. Um, I think you guys probably saw it months ago. Look, radio is like, is totally struggling where you all have adapted and you guys are giving more programming, more news, reaching more eyeballs. Radio's just had a really hard time doing that. You know, there's very late to the game trying to get into podcasting, but, uh, but you know, podcasts don't work like radio. It's, it, you can't. Repurpose your show as a podcast and have it work. People listen to podcasts because they want long form, like we're doing, right? We're but going on and
2: on. Have one of the largest podcast libraries.
1: Well, well but they they but allege largely, that, but
0: they're largely the repurposed of their over the air shows. Exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. Look, I,
0: the interesting thing about radio, and not to get too inside our business, they were struggling even before this. Yeah. I mean, so, I. If you have Sirius XM or podcasts or I, whatever, you don't listen. The only terrestrial over the air radio I ever listen to is the local news station, right? Yep. If I'm listening to music, I go somewhere else to listen to that. I don't, uh, you know, so how they survive after this, boy, it's going to be really, really.
1: I think it's going to be very, very difficult. And you guys know this. Like, on my end, I've had to restructure the way I do ads and ad sales, you know, because a lot of our advertisers, their budgets and things are changing. So, I mean, radio has a much larger overhead, of course, than I do. So... I mean, there's no shortage of drama. I had a listener yesterday. Her husband has now become a Hebrew Israelite extremist. Uh, The world is ending. He wants her to stop working. She wants to know if we think that she should leave him. He won't allow her to walk around nude on the Sabbath. I mean, look, I've got no shortage of drama, fellas. You know, I mean, (laughs) there's what you want (laughs) to know.
0: Oh, that's the other thing we haven't touched on is what happens in the homes where there's abuse and that sort of thing. Okay. I don't, but Joe, girl. you're
1: bringing us back dark here. We were just... I, know, I couldn't help it. Joe. I just. Joe. I don't know. Joe, is Sorry. Going. Joe okay, this is... Sorry, I'm getting concerned. Joe, off. Joe, come on,
2: Joe. Come
1: on, Joe. Let me take that back. Joe, the minute we get on a happy street, Joe comes right back. Now let's talk about abuse. Okay. Joe. Uh, Joe. Uh, okay.
0: See, I'm in a, uh, My headspace
2: is not good. No, I'll tell you what abuse is. Oh, God. I mean, ha- watching the first 12 minutes of that Bachelor Country.
1: Joe Exotic?
2: No, no, no. Oh. The The Bachelorette was. Um,
1: oh, did you watch?
2: The. I, I watched for 12 minutes and I went upstairs and watched old episodes of West Wing. How,
1: how
0: is, is how was Saturday night live? How was that so bad? I thought
2: it was awful. Did you guys watch? No, that? It I terrible. didn't. I
1: didn't watch it. Cause I just wasn't feeling the restructure. Was it terrible?
2: By the way, I haven't liked Saturday night live in 10 years. It was, it
0: was awful, right? Is it was sort of the reverse of how well our stations have done at, you know, moving everything home and figuring it out. It wasn't funny. It, I just, the only thing that was funny was, uh, was the monologue, uh, at the beginning, um, uh, from
1: why Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks
0: was saying, Well, this, you know, some of the skits will be funny, some of them won't, kind of like Saturday Night Live has been for years. That was funny. And it wasn't funny. And they just, it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, And I was disappointed. We didn't watch it real time. You know, we recorded it and watched it the next day, but it was poor.
1: Okay, Patrick, we want to know some good inside drama. So what are your anchors complaining about about being at home? Give us the real scope.
2: I'm going to be unfortunately (laughs) candid. Unfortunately candid, but unfortunately, I'm going to disappoint you. They're not complaining about anything. Oh, boo! By the way, (laughs) I will say, you you know it's kind of funny? When people get to work from home. Well, whatever calls in sick
1: oh true true um have we caught any anchors in their underwear can we name names uh well i haven't so. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um hey we gotta wrap this up oh but okay bummer I, we gotta go I, all right
2: i i do have a i do have a, a zoom call i gotta get okay
1: to. <laughs> okay we'll let you go for by the short. way
2: i will say the virtual happy hour zoom calls were yes. fun, like the first time and then Half is fun the second time. Now I'm like, they're terrible. Now like, he's enough. just back to drinking alone. like. Yeah, i just rather drink by myself. Leave
1: him alone. We knew this, right, Joe? We knew. Right. He'd only That's be right. social for so long, even over yeah. Zoom. Now he wants to be left alone. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm done with the Zoom yeah. social shit. All right, look, I can keep going on because I want to know if you're at the stage where you're in your own underwear throwing like potatoes at the kids in the neighborhood yet. Surprised that hasn't no, come Oh No,
2: I, I will say because I'm so-called essential i do get to come in so i'm getting at least a break way and i i uh, i can't imagine being home every day with three kids and running around and trying to do your job
0: poor joe yeah i had a buddy of mine who emailed me the other day and said how is the house of estrogen <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great oh my god that's a perfect ending okay you guys are All terrific right. we will talk next week joe thank you for joining us as always
2: Thank you for having me. All right, Right. thank you. You got it.